Everyone has a personal and unique faith journey. And everyone in this room, I have a, a unique faith journey. You have a unique faith journey. And we've been exploring that and talking about that. And each week we've been playing a different video. And so we're going to begin this week with a, another video. How did you guys first um, find out about Jesus or hear about Jesus? Uh, Through Mary. Mary Gingry. She brought us these uh, activities and everything for the food and all, and you know, meeting people and stuff like that. And uh, it's easy, <laughs> wasn't up to it. <laughs> no, but you did hesitate. Well, I did. I did. I didn't know whether I wanted to go or not. I knew I was born. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, he hesitated for a while. Because uh, it wasn't ready. Pastor Christie. And Pastor Christie said, okay, you're not ready. Well, about 10, 15 minutes later, she goes, are you ready? And he said, yeah. So, That's what happened, man. <laughs> between him and Pastor Christie crying, he found Jesus. <laughs> yep. And the good part was I knew a long time ago even when I was a kid, I knew somebody was watching over me. And I knew I wasn't going to church or I wasn't a believer or anything, but I went through things that I shouldn't be here. <laughs> and that, you know, I knew somebody was. Uh, one reason that I came to find Jesus is I have an illness that I've been fighting and I knew I couldn't do it on my own. I wanted to give up. So I came to Jesus. And now, with him and I together, the love I share with Jesus, I know I can make it through anything. And I had another episode a couple weeks ago, but he was right by my side and telling me everything would be okay. And here I sit today. Everything is okay, and I do believe in Jesus. Uh, we had a uh, an episode with the wife, and she had she was given a beta blocker and killed her, and they had to revive her. And uh, uh, I didn't know that until it was over with. She called me and said, uh, they just uh, got me going again. And I said, well, <laughs> well uh, we're, uh, I started going uh, toward this, you know, because it was her health. And we really need the help, and we're having it right now. All the ministers, uh, Pastor Paul, Pastor Josh, Pastor Bob, everybody is just wonderful man they're just great and I can't believe it because I was such a heathen all these years but now we have a family in here and that's what we needed don't you appreciate Kenny and Shirley they, they can't be with us today Shirley's in the hospital and so uh, be praying for them I went and saw them yesterday and 
And as I watched that video and they talked about Mary bringing him, I, I can remember the first time I met Kenny and Shirley, they were sitting over here behind the church watching fireworks. And uh, we'd had a firework event and, and Mary just kept working. And Mary will keep working at you if she needs to. And, uh, and she has. And so keep them in your prayers. Um, you know, God's, God's worked in their life. And, uh, you know, we're, we're talking, um, I think Kenny told me he used to go to church a long time ago. And we dug, dug into the story a little bit. Kenny was eight years old when he stopped going to church. And there's been a few years since, since he's been in church. But uh, he, they're, they're learning, they're growing. And, uh, and I appreciate their testimony, their willingness to share. Uh, we've all been influenced by people, uh, one conversation at a time. This past weekend, we had pastors and um, ministers and spouses retreat. And, uh, and so we were in Cleveland, and I sat down. Uh, Jeff Kunselman asked us to introduce ourselves to somebody uh, that we didn't know and, and get to know them. And so I, I sat down with this guy, and he began to tell his story. And he had actually pastored at the church that I grew up as a teenager. So he knew all the same people. So it's a small Nazarene world that we live in. But it, but it reminded me of all those people who had invested in my life. And, and you have folks, grandparents, parents, friends, pastors, Sunday school teachers, uh, church members, friends that have invested in your life. And it's how we complete the mission of Jesus. Our mission is a relational mission. When we fulfill the law of Christ, it's all about relationship. The great commandment, you know, love God, love others, is a relational commandment. And the great commission is a relational commission. We, we can't do that without relationship with other people. And Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. And, and I think we hear that scripture, and, and, and we think pastors, and we think missionaries, and we think you know, the, these great moves of God. But, but I truly believe that, 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 this, that the Spirit is been given to us to complete the great commandment and the great commission, which are at their simplest ideal, relational commandments that God has given us. Uh, relational commandments to love one another and relational commandments to, to share the message, to in our conversation include Jesus. The Great Commission says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That, that is the mission of the church, right? We understand that. That, that is our mission. Uh, if we don't do this, if the church does not take on the mission that God's given us, then, then, then it's very difficult for, for the gospel to spread. He has given this to us. He has tagged us. You are it. <laughs> And he's called us, not just a few, not just the Mary Gingeries of the world, uh, but, but he has called all of us as followers of Jesus Christ to be disciples, to share at one conversation at a time, to influence people towards relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and in fact, the, the scripture it says go, but the literal translation would be in your going. And, and so it's, it's not just a, it's not a program, it's, it's not just something we do occasionally, but in our going. And the way that we live our lives, we are to be 
completing, fulfilling the Great Commission. We, we in our conversations are discipling. And Jesus modeled discipleship and he's going. We, we see this through these simple conversations. And, and I'm hoping that, that you're spending some time in the Gospels looking at some of the conversations that Jesus had with people. A discipleship is a commitment to a conversation not conquest. And so when we think about that, we're using Jesus as our model and the Spirit has been given to us that we are completing the task, the mission of Jesus. And Jesus did this through conversations. Matter of fact, I'm always amazed how often in these conversations you hear more what the other person said rather than even what Jesus said. I, you know, the only words that really seems to matter is the words of Jesus, but, but God through his word seems to imply that our conversations, that Jesus' ability and Jesus' willingness to listen was as important as his willingness to speak. And so we've been looking at the woman at the well, and, and we began this last week. We've got one more week after this on November 5th that spiritual conversations begin in our physical world. And, you know, Jesus asked her for, for water. You know, it's not always like that, um, but, but I believe that's the normal uh, progression of our conversation. We looked at Nicodemus and Jesus also in John 3, and, and, and Jesus approaches Nicodemus completely different than he approaches the woman in the well. Uh, he, he approaches Nicodemus as, as a, a religious person, and he approaches him very, very front on with, with, with the call of the gospel. And um, he approaches this Samaritan woman different. I, I think in our culture, and, and maybe, maybe you don't realize that, maybe you need to get out more if you don't, we are increasingly living in a post-Christian culture. And many of the conversations you have with folks, they will not have the understanding and the background that you have in spiritual things. And if we begin our spiritual conversations with deep theological things, I would say even if you begin your conversation most of the time with the conversation of sin, the conversation will not go very far. I see Steve there. Steve engages guys at West Central quite a bit. How many of those guys come from, from completely non-spiritual religious backgrounds and they're blank slates? I mean, it, uh, many of them. And it's the truth for, for many of these people that, that, that are your neighbors and your friends. And, and, and I think we get in our mind that people have rejected Jesus that, that if your neighbor's not going to church or, or if your coworker doesn't go to church, it's just in their mind they have rejected the call of Jesus. But the truth is more and more of these folks have never even been exposed to who Jesus is. Uh, you know, our, our first week we used a video from, from Kristen Polly and, and uh, and Kristen really had, had very little church experience. We, last week was Rebecca. And, and Rebecca had no church experience, no idea of God. And, and even when you, you talk about Kenny and Shirley, Kenny and Shirley had a, a less than full understanding of the love and the acceptance that Jesus offered until they met Mary. <laughs> and then, of course, Mary is a force of one. She is an evangelism unit all of herself. People don't know. And so in our conversations, we need to be able to share them, 
share with them who Jesus is. Now, there are exceptions that, that you can begin deeper. You, you may have a long-term relationship with someone. It may be someone you're mentoring. It, it may be someone in desperate circumstances. Not every conversation begins with a weather report. <laughs> Uh, but most of the time, that's the way at all. There's a starting point, and it starts in the physical. Let's move on in John 4, 7. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. We're in John 4, chapter, verse 7. Uh, For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw. He said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. That you have said truly. (laughs) We're going to stop there this morning, uh, and, and then we'll finish this on November 5th. Spiritual conversations begin in the physical, but spiritual conversations move past surface matters. Uh, to deeper matters. In other words, there is a progression that must occur if we want to have conversations that lead people towards a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I know this is, this is simplistic, but, 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 but we need to move from surface to deeper. And the truth is, in, in my life, and, and I suppose if it's like this in my life, it's, it's like this in many of your lives as well, in my lives, I have many acquaintances. I have many people that I've never moved past the surface of conversation. Anybody else raise your hands and say, yeah, pastor. There's a lot of people I can think of that I'd like to take them deeper. But I've not been able to get past that surface level of conversation. And Jesus moves from physical water to eternal satisfaction. I'd love, to, I'd love to see these conversations in real time, wouldn't you? <laughs> How long did it take? You know, was it really that quick that Jesus turned that conversation? Or is there more time? Is there stuff that we don't see in the conversation? How quick did Jesus turn that conversation? Did he progress that conversation from something that was surface to something that mattered? And how can we move people into deeper conversations? How can we move people into conversations past the score of games? (laughs) Right? I have a desire to do that. Now, I guess I probably wouldn't do it like Jesus does it exactly. I don't think I would say if you knew the gift of God that you were talking to. uh, that, that might stymie the relationship a little bit, but with Jesus, it, it, it made sense because he was the gift of God. But maybe you could ask questions like, 
hey, what do you like best about your job? Maybe that's a starting point to moving deeper. What, what, what does the future hold? What do you see happening in the future? What, what, what do you hope for your kids? You, you want to move a conversation deeper? Move it there. Hey, what, what, what would be the best thing that could happen for your kids? What, what gets you through hard times? Now, I know that's a deeper one. But if you're going through hard times yourself... You know, maybe that's a starting point of the conversation to move it deeper. What, what gets you through hard times? <laughs> you know, I didn't think about this as I, was, as, as I was writing this sermon, but it seems to me that to move deeper, it takes some pretty good listening skill, doesn't it? <laughs> You've got to pay attention to the move of the Spirit and the conversation and what's going on and, and, and where their emphasis is and what's important to them and, and what their worries, the other person's worries and concerns might be. See, deeper desires prompts deeper conversations. The the, the deeper you go into desires, the deeper the conversations become. And and if we want to have conversations that matter, they have to move deeper past the surface. Jesus reveals her marital situation or her lack of a marriage situation. And, And I think when we see this, You know, a couple of things to see. Number one, this isn't about her failures. This is about her rejections. Uh, This isn't a woman that's running around. Because in this culture, in this time, if a woman would just be leaving and cheating on men, it would not end well for her, okay? This is a male-dominated society that divorce most of the time. Maybe one time she could get away with this, but four times for this to happen, they said, you're out of here, I'm moving on. And the guy that she's with now isn't even willing to marry her. So so what you're dealing with here is not sinner, but rejected. And I've often wondered, and we've talked about it before, how does Jesus know this? Is it it (laughs) spirit-given? Is this the Son of God that that just by being the Son of God and so in tune with the Spirit in a way that we can't imagine, He is able to decipher this? Or is this an observant Savior sitting at a well watching a woman coming at a time when no one else would come? See, I like to add to stories. You guys say, oh, Pastor, you can't do that. It's the Bible. You can't add to it. But but I like to add every once in a while and think what this scene might have looked like. And and we see this deserted scene, but in my mind, I I very well could see other people leaving this well as this woman is coming. (laughs) Maybe whispering to themselves, here comes so-and-so. Well, man, she's been, four guys have divorced her, and this guy that she's with now won't even marry her. Say, Pastor, why does that matter? It matters because of this. If everything that Jesus knew was just because he was the Son of God and because he spiritually discerned it and he had all knowledge, and I don't believe Jesus did have all knowledge because he emptied himself, if it's all because of that, it takes us off the hook. It makes it so that we're not responsible to listen and observe and pay attention to the circumstances. But but if this is a Savior that's so in tune with his physical situation that he knows about this lady because he's listened and he's watched, I can do that. 
Can you do that? <laughs> it changes the dynamics. And Jesus, in my view of this scripture, and you can, you can say, Pastor, you're crazy, and you may say that anyhow, but, but, but in my view of this scripture, I see a Savior that's in tune to his circumstances and knows what's going on all around him. And he calls us. See, in our knowing, in our listening, we can go to deeper conversations. And deeper conversations require honesty. <laughs> you got to be, you know, if, if you're going to have a deep conversation with someone, there has to be this level of authenticity and honesty with both parties to the conversation. You know, it doesn't just happen. Right? <laughs> you know, there's very few people that you get close enough that you can have deep, honest, authentic conversations. You know, you have that friend, <laughs> and maybe you're that friend, <laughs> that, that any time the conversation gets too deep, there's a joke, <laughs> or, or there's a diversion, <laughs> or there's an exit. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes tough to delve deeper into relationships and deeper into conversations. And if we want deep conversations, if we want vulnerable relationships, if this is really our desire, and, and you know, I'm, I'm preaching this, and, and, and my hope is that we will become people who are aware of our circumstances and attentive to those, those opportunities, those holy opportunities God gives us to take surface conversations deeper and more significant. And in so doing, uh, learning more about other people and learning more about God and learning more about ourselves, growing deeper in our relationship. As we grow deeper in our relationship with God, uh, maybe drawing people along beside us to grow deeper into relationship with God. That's my desire for our church. <laughs> that, that we will be known as a people. What, what if people said about our church, man, I have never known a church where people listen better than Marysville Church of the Nazarene. Man, they listen. And they care. If we want vulnerable relationships, we must practice vulnerability. That, that means... Okay, we're going to say it together. It's the, it's the um, three hardest words. I was wrong. Okay, we're practicing together, okay? On the count of three. I was wrong, okay? Now, let's not get radical with the you are right stuff. Let's, let's just stay at the I was wrong. See, it, it, it's authentic people that have authentic conversations. It's real people. And when we pretend... And sometimes it's not pretend. I think sometimes it's belief that we never miss it, <laughs> uh, that, that we're never too quick to judge, that we're never uh, too quick to, to move on, that, that, that we sometimes, and you know, I'm not saying that you're blatantly sinning. <laughs> no, don't misunderstand me. But, but all of us in our lives have times when there's that high standard that we, we aspire for, that we fall short, Right? When, when we don't have the guts 
the authenticity to say, hey, I'm sorry, I messed up there. How can we expect someone else to be vulnerable with us? So be willing to share your faith journey. One of the most affecting things, and I think I've shared this, that ever happened to me was I read my grandma Moore. My grandma Moore was the most holy person I ever met. Now, now she was, does anybody know what a holy roller is? She was holy rolling, baby. Uh, you know, shaking the hairpins out of her hair when she you know, got sanctified, that kind of stuff. You know, if she found a deck of cards in her house from one of us kids, uh, we might as well have been the Antichrist, right? You know, it was like major thing. Uh, you know, seeing us drinking from a soda pop bottle was like, oh, you know, looked awful. Uh, and it makes her sound terrible, but she wasn't. <laughs> Uh, you know, she had some pretty strong convictions. You know, never, never had a TV in her house. And, 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 but, but she loved us, and, you know, she, I've never met anybody like her. And then I read her diary. She kept, like, a spiritual diary. And, you know, and I had this, man, she's always been whew, here. And then I read about, it was in her 40s or 50s, that she made a change and decided, I'm going to take this more serious. <laughs> You know, that was affecting to me because in, in that confession, in that authenticity, I realized the most holy among us have hiccups in their journey, have things they have to overcome, and there's something affecting. There's something dynamic when you're in a, in a friendship with someone that's seeking God and they see in your authenticity that it's not always easy for you to and you're a seeker too. Yes. Be real. Be willing to share your faith journey. Now, now, I don't think anyone wants a three-hour slideshow, okay? <laughs> you don't smother them. Okay, I'm going to invite you over and I'm going to give you my eight-hour spiritual journey, you know? Uh, I, I, was at a, I was at a thing the other day, and, and it was pastors, and, and so we were supposed to share, uh, you know, our spiritual journey, and, and, and so I think mine was like, you know, 10 minutes, and then, then we had a, the kid, a kid in the group that was just starting. <laughs> it was his first ministry position, and his was like three hours long, and it was like, Man, there's a lot of substance there for, for, for not, a lot of, not a lot of ministry work, but uh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, you know, people want bits and pieces. They don't want everything, right? The natural flow of relationship, you know, just, just here and there, bits and pieces. And, and that's why I would say this, think seeds. Um, you know, when you plant seeds, unless you're Russ Borland, <laughs> You know, you just plant a few seeds. You know, they're here and there. They're scattered. And, and so think seeds when you're scattering uh, your conversations and a little here and a little there and a little bit of patience. And then think, what are you really aiming for? What's the end goal? What, what's the purpose? What are you trying to do? You know, it, go, it goes back whether it's, it, whether it's conquest or friendship. No one wants to be a be conquered but everyone wants to be loved and befriended right real friendship loving and caring about another person should create vulnerable relationships where deeper topics can be discussed 
So, so maybe the point of this sermon, maybe the point for you this morning is this, that this isn't about, don't, don't get in your mind, okay, I'm going to become a discipler. But maybe get in your mind, I'm going to become a friend. <laughs> I'm going to really just, I'm going to love people. And, and I'm going to make space, and I'm going to make time, and, and I'm going to listen. And, and then when opportunity arises, I'm going to be authentic. I, I'm going to share not just the great moments, my high moments, when I get it right, but, but I may even share those times where I got it wrong with other people and develop real friendships with people where real matters, eternal matters, can honestly be discussed. I'm going to ask Amy to come. If she's in here somewhere, and she's going to, we're going to close with a song. And what we're going to do is we'll, we'll stand for the singing, then I'm going to let you sit and, and, um, and uh, you know, kind of contemplate, uh, you know, what God's speaking to you. Our altars are always available. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see this as a great, you know, draw of the altar, but I know that God is present in here. You believe that? And the presence of God, uh, we respond to him, not to me. You're not responding to my words, but you're responding to the presence of God. And, and so maybe, maybe you just want to kneel an altar. Maybe you want to bring, maybe there's a level of authenticity. Maybe, maybe you're wearing a mask. Man, what awful thing. What awful thing to go through all this with just a mask on. And maybe it's just not real. Maybe you're struggling with something and you just want to speak with God as we talk about good, good Father. And so our altars are all, always available. Uh, maybe you want to pray for somebody else. We're going to have a stand. We're going to sing this. And then as soon as we're done singing, you can, you can sit back down and we'll you know, give you a few minutes to pray. And then Pastor Bob's going to come and close us in prayer. Lord, help us to be obedient to you in these moments.